Hello and welcome to Midnight Showing. I'm Nash, that's Luke, and this week the random movie we watched at midnight was Lee Tamahori's The Edge. Was it worth it? That's what we're here to tell you, and don't worry, we will notify you before we start spoiling. So, Luke. Nashy boy, we've been lost in the woods for like two weeks now, dude. I really want to get home. <laughs> but yeah, okay. between hanging out with Jeremiah and being chased by this Bart the Bear guy, I am exhausted. I don't know about you. I didn't even... I didn't even think about that. We have been watching these sort of survival movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I just found this movie. Um, I'm not going to lie. I think for kids our generation, you know, this might be a bit of a hot take, but I think um, Anthony Hopkins is, like, super underrated. I feel like I've only ever known of him as Hannibal Lecter. How do you feel about that? No, I think that's a pretty fair take. I think a lot of people, um, just because of his age, really only n sort of know him as that role. Mm -hmm. Or discovered him as that role. Yeah. And really, he's just an incredible actor. Phenomenal so, actor, yeah. For those of you who don't know, that's essentially how we came across this movie, because we saw Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin were in it. And Bart the Bear, and, and we love Bart and, the Bear on oh, the show. Oh, yeah. We do love Bart the Bear. He's quickly becoming our favorite actor. Um... He just delivers those heavy performances that I don't think anybody else could. I honestly, though, for real. So, but let's let, let's get into the actual cast so we can lay it all out for everybody. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So, Anthony Hopkins stars in the movie. He plays Charles Morse, a billionaire with a B. He's in the uh, whatever that joke is from Silicon Valley. Never mind. Um, and then we got <laughs> we got Alec Baldwin playing Robert Green, who's. Uh, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll get to Alec Baldwin. Then we got Harold, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Perinu, playing Steven. Yeah. You'll know him as Walt from Lost. Um, and then Bart the Bear, of course. And really, I put like those four because there are characters in the beginning and the end, but realistically, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think they matter too much. The movie's really about those three characters plus the bear, of course. Yeah, that's the thing. Bart the Bear has more screen time than all of those other characters. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. When the bear outdoes you, you gotta just sort of... <laughs> you gotta roll with it, man. You gotta roll with it. <laughs> so this director, not a novice director, and he's directed a lot of things that people probably know or have definitely heard of. Um, so Lee Tamahori, he's directed Next. What a film. Triple X, State of the Union. Actually which, fire. I love that movie, not gonna lie. That movie is is phenomenal that's that's the one where he like gets on the train right like on the train tracks of the car yeah yeah it's ice cube and then they like hijack a tank <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah. yeah gotta love the american james bond funny because he did direct another james bond movie die another day you know i'm not gonna lie i have not seen too many of that stretch of james bond movies so i can't really comment on it but phenomenal name for a movie die another day come on rolls off the tongue Die Another Day is probably one of my favorite ones. The, yeah. See, the issue... God, we'll talk about this in some special, I guarantee it. But the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movies, the worst thing about those movies is they are very stereotypically set in the time period that they are in. Okay. They're not they're not timeless movies. You can you can tell they were made in the early 2000s. Okay. <laughs> I th I think that that paints a pretty good picture, but let's say we'll save all that juiciness for another episode. So, um what are we doing on The Edge? Very uh, ambiguous title. What, is it, what does that really mean, The Edge? Um, well, we got Charles Morse. He's a renowned billionaire. And uh, he's decided to take some time in the Alaskan wilderness, maybe to get away from the real world, you know, the stresses of having a billion dollars I can't even imagine. 
He will soon regret this decision, though, as after a freak accident caused by a flock of birds causes his small carrier plane to crash into the wilderness of remote Alaska. Hopkins, Baldwin, and Baldwin's assistant are now stranded in an unknown region where they are no longer on the top of the food chain. Nash, is that a good description of this world? No, I think that's an excellent description, especially based off of what the trailer tells you. I think it's... I don't think it's a bad trailer. I'd say it's an okay trailer. Okay. Because it shows a lot of the big scenes that happen in the movie, but really... The movie is more of how they get to those points, because I think it is kind of heavily in drama more than it is action. For just sure. Based off of this, just based off of the scenes that do have some action, uh, I think the majority of it is following the drama between those three, technically four characters lost in the woods. Yeah, for, so, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, it's an alright trailer. That's all I had to say. Yeah, well, um, I would say the trailer doesn't, like, leave too much question about what the movie's about. In the movie, they're li- literally like, oh, he wants me to die because he wants my billions because you're sleeping with my wife, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. It's an okay, all it's that an okay is, trailer. All, all, all that gets revealed pretty quickly, so. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I remember, I remember when we were watching, you are like, wow, we're only a few minutes in and it's already doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we're already in the thick of it. <laughs> Yo, so let's rewind a couple weeks, and uh, the thing was about survival and paranoia. Jeremiah Johnson, not so much the paranoia, but definitely the survival, and now we're back again with another movie just about survival and paranoia, dude. How do you feel about Anthony Hopkins? Like, uh, he was in control of the situation the whole time, it felt like, but at the same time, he was, like, questioning so much stuff around him. It was really interesting to, like, see those motifs play out in, like, a really realistic way because of the situation they were in, you know? Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. It, it does, it is sort of a challenge for everybody, but him's probably the most apparent one just because of who he is as the movie sets him up, being mm-hmm. that billionaire guy. Um, again, nothing you wouldn't find in the trailer from that. Yeah. We, all, we also got that rabbit smoking the pipe motif, which um, I think the trailer sets up pretty well because I'm fairly certain they say he's a man that knows everything. And they give that clip in the movie where Alec Baldwin says, "Under pressure, you thrive." Yeah, and he despises him. So that you know, you're gonna you're expecting to see that. You definitely do. They don't they don't lie about that in the trailer. Thank God. <laughs> but that's essentially what the whole movie's about. So, <laughs> yeah, for real. Thumb thumbs up or down. Uh, thumbs up, dude. It was a, it week. was a really fun movie. You know, not too much to not like about it, honestly. I'll, I'll give it a thumbs up, too. It definitely is worth the watch. Um, we'll get into why it may not have been. You know, dude, I'm not going to lie. Movie. I think the last movie that we both disliked was, like, week four of this podcast. So we're, like, on a pretty good streak right now. But when we find a movie we don't like, it's going to be a stinker, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, like, for Queen and Country. Yeah, that was the last like. one, and that was a while ago. <laughs> I was like, the reviews were very accurate for that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> now that we've given you a taste of the movie, we really don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it. So, if you haven't already, like and subscribe to our channel and pause this video so you can check this one out for yourself because it is worth the watch. That being said, um, probably one of the most hilarious tra- scenes to set the tragedy for the movie up 
when they're in that plane. I mean, <laughs> we were dying laughing when they ran into that flock of geese. It was, dude. It was, it was a laugh of like, "What? <laughs> Slow down, dude! What are you talking about? <laughs> Death and destruction, it, right there." It's just out of out of nowhere. Like you've got like, "Oh, you're sleeping with my wife," and then fifty geese get chewed up by this plane. And it was brutal, dude. It was brutal. Yeah. It was not like it some. Probably de- what is one of the most gruesome scenes in the movie. <laughs> All things considered, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't some some Dis- some Disney crash where they just like fell down with a little smoke and then they got a nice little runway. Like, no, they got hit by that fucking geese real quick, bro. And yeah. you know, something that I want to start with when we're talking about the movie is how quickly that kind of happens. Like, they get on a plane within the first three minutes of the movie, and I thought they were gonna crash right away. They didn't, and then there's really only like. 20 minutes of that setup where you see kind of who he is around these other people, the birthday party, they set up to Alec Baldwin and stuff, and then, like, really just snap your fingers, that bird scene, and we're down on the ground in the wilderness. So, like, how did you feel about, like, the plot structure of this movie, where, like, they really didn't care too much about that setup in the beginning, and it was really about the beef in the middle? I really, I'm not sure if I enjoy it so much, because I feel like a lot of that time, especially when there wasn't a lot, was wasted on the foreshadowing. Yeah, okay. Because if you're <clears throat> if you're going to spend the majority of the like if the first 15 to 20 minutes are just to get you to that point or, you know, the meat and potatoes of the movie, <clears throat> then <clears throat> you don't need to foreshadow everything that's going to happen cuz it feels rushed and it uh, it honestly did. Yeah. Feel pretty rushed for me. Uh that kind of setup like you you could have been more subtle about it. Yeah, you know, the, it definitely it definitely wasn't the prestige in the way that the plot unfolded. It was pretty, um, pretty, um, what's the word? Not like, not like bad. Like, I really don't want to paint the picture that it's a bad plot, but it's very, like, structured and, like, these things happen and then these things happen. And what I also found interesting about the way the plot unfolded was kind of just how Bartha Bear is really just the catalyst for, like, any time that they just need to turn up the volume on, like, what's happening, other than when, like, the guy slices his leg, how... God, why why do we give people knives? <laughs> why do we why do we let them have them? Yeah, it sort of is that trigger for dramatic action. Yeah, it push it pushes them along. It, it is very reoccurring. Um, but that scene where it ends, you know, where they fight the where they fight Bart and finally smite him. Mm-hmm. I I get what, what sound are you gonna bleep me out with? Uh, Can you get the bear sound of the bear yelling? Yeah, definitely. Okay, perfect. Or or somebody saying something funny. But when he's like, I'm going to kill that... (laughs) 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 saying (laughs) like 30 times in a row. It doesn't sound like it should be coming from his mouth. And it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. But that was an an incredible scene. I loved watching that scene because he finally got to see sort of... uh, the rabbit smoking the pipe. What, what? What? What were they yelling? What? What were they yelling? Um, in in repetition to get Alec Baldwin back, like in the world of reality, it was like um, uh, what one man can do, another man can, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, I think that was it exactly. Yeah, so that's kind of one what, man can do it. Anyone can. Well, Char- I feel. I feel can. like Charles's character 
was really kind of built around those anecdotes and stuff. They really tried to build him up as, like, being that, like, literary person who just kind of knows everything. I kind of got the impression that he had, like, an eidetic memory or something. He just saw everything and remembered it. That's why he was, like, reading all the time. Did you enjoy his character overall? Because he definitely felt like a character that, like, shouldn't have strived in the situation he was in. But he makes the movie, honestly. He's the star. He controls the movie 100%. He does a great job. Yeah, I think um, I definitely think that character was really was well done. Um, I feel like if they remade the movie nowadays, you'd see a lot more of him questioning himself because you do in the beginning when he makes that compass and they walk in a giant circle. Yeah, you definitely see him have a slight questioning of sort of who he is. Yeah, um, and again, just nowadays I think what you'd see is more of that sort of happening, always second guessing himself. But he's sort of after that moment becomes very defined in who he is and he doesn't change from that. And that's sort of what the movie is really all about is seeing how much the people change. And Anthony Hopkins character, um, I think does a very good job. I think it's very, it was very believable. It did, I wasn't second guessing that. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is the role that he plays. Um, Cause there are two types of, there are two major sort of types of actors in movies. There's you have a type actor and a character actor. Okay, yeah. So the type actor, I mean, I'm sure you know this, but for everybody listening, the type actor is you play a specific role, a specific type, if you will. Yeah. So Anthony Hopkins is has become known as sort of the mastermind. He's always the guy that knows stuff and is always one step ahead of you before you've even thought of your next move. And Alec Baldwin is known as the dickhead. <laughs> yeah, Alec Baldwin, his... No, exactly, his type is the dickhead. In Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, he's an absolute... <laughs> you know, and so... <clears throat> seeing those two come together is very good, because yeah. they're both very well suited for those parts. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how Alec Baldwin's character transitioned, but the other type is a character actor, which is they'll they'll play uh, any sort of role. They just absorb themselves in whatever role you give them. Uh, what's that guy's name? Is it Benicio del Toro? That's definitely a name. <laughs> I don't know what you're referencing. That's <laughs> a name that I know of. <laughs> um, the Usual Suspects. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I totally... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the guy in the line that's like, cocksucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's that, that guy. Uh, he plays... And he's in... Uh, and he's in... Uh, he's in uh, blah, blah, blah. The Star Wars movie. He's the hacker guy in the second one. The most... In the recent trilogy, the middle one, the second movie. Oh, I don't, I don't, re- I didn't retain any of that movie. <laughs> I, you're, you're a lucky son of a bitch for that. God, <laughs> you're gonna have to bleep me out a yeah, lot. Yeah, we're, week. yeah, we're bleeping it out a lot this week. Um, I was trying to say the name in Usual Suspects, what, what, uh, what the guy's name is, but I said Krakosia in my head instead. That's not from Usual Suspects. <laughs> that's terminal. Um, yeah, but, so, wait, so what, in what? movies. In movies, that's typically what you get. You get the type actor and the character actors. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing, it's sort of it's a it's a very rare thing to do. It's a very hard thing to do, but you get a character that plays against type. Okay. Which is you know, it's not necessarily difficult. It's just it's a surprise for the audience because, um, sort of like in the movie uh, Seven. Okay. 
with uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. If you haven't seen that movie, I mean, it's one of the most famous movies ever. Mm-hmm. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even going to say the quote. I'm not even going to say it. You don't even get it. <laughs> but uh, what's in the box? Oh, I, just, I couldn't help <laughs> it. I couldn't help it. He said. He said it. He said it. I couldn't, yeah, I, I couldn't it. either. I really wanted to yell it too. Uh, but Kevin Spacey's character, he isn't even in the opening credits because if you saw his character, you'd know he's going to be the villain. Yeah, facts. Kevin big Spacey facts. also. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Spacey also sort of plays this mastermind type guy. He's okay. he's the one that you don't suspect, but is always the one controlling things. Um, so that that's you know that's the dangers of having a type actor because you sort of know what to expect from that kind of actor. Yeah, like I, I know, I know Bart the Bear's type of actor. Just knowing that it's Bart the Bear, you know, like they're, they're not going to cast him in another spot. Like they're definitely going to be in a situation where a bear is there. So, <laughs> you little... but no, because it's like action movies. Like if you see Stallone in a movie, yeah. you're going to expect an action movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just you know more of defining the things you already know that you didn't know you knew. Or there's even like like say a Jim Carrey movie and then he does like the movie 23 which I've never seen but I just know it like everybody hates that movie cuz like Jim Carrey tried to be serious. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's a big thing Adam Sandler's doing it now where you had those goofy movies where he plays incredibly offensive characters today. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but yeah. now he's playing a totally different character in something like Uncut Gems. That's against type. So, like, to kind of round back to the edge, you kind of feel like the edge flips that on its head by having these two type actors be, like, the definition of type actors, but kind of slowly unravel away from, like, what they are? Um, I think, yeah, that's sort of the whole point of okay. the movie, is to see that unhinging of the types that they play. That's a really good point, dude. I didn't even think about that, yeah. Because it definitely happens to both of them. Anthony Hopkins, it happens to a lot less. Yeah. Um, which is why which is why it, ha- it happens more to Alec Baldwin is kind of what upsets me. But that is another thing when you see two... Because it, it creates an unpredictable ending because these are two heavyweight actors. Yeah. That play, this, uh, play very different types of characters. And so you don't know as an audience member who's going to really be the victor in the end. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I would... You know, we we only said those three names in the beginning because I really feel like this movie is just about these characters. You know, yeah, like it's not exactly. it's not about some grand scheme that like will affect the entire universe. You know, it's really just about the story of like these characters and being able to like take a character type and like unravel it in that way is definitely like really interesting and they sprinkle it in like bear attacks and they killed Walt's dad hardcore again just you know we get a bird scene massively gruesome and then that bear attack dude that was like some that was a revenant bear attack bro like yeah it was really well done and I actually I would like to comment that I thought it was really well done like like, it looked like he was really, like, attacking him. Like, I'm not trying to, like, undermine, like, it's a movie from 1997. Of course, they would do a good job with it. But, like, it looks like a really real bear attack. I didn't have to be like, wow, that's fake. Like, you can tell that body's made of, like, pillows. Like, it was really well done. Yeah, and especially, what's that quote? You know, in, uh, in, in on screen, you never work with animals or children. Yeah. And it's like, here, you've got an incredible performance by Bart the Bear. Really, though? Really, I, uh, really? 
Yeah, and as as funny as that may sound, yeah, and there <laughs> was there was really only good. one point where I oh, the special effects kind of stunk, and that was when Anthony Hopkins was running from Bart the Bear after he was doing the fishing thing, and then Bart the Bear just like pulls up, which was honestly a really funny scene. Let's be honest, dude, because it he just got the hook in, there was gold bass everywhere, and then Bart the Bear just creeps up. He's like, "Yo." <laughs> homie what up <laughs> well, what are you doing what are you doing in my swamp what, what what if anthony hopkins just like turned into hannibal lecter real quick and, and like i don't know like out, <laughs> oh outsmarted God. the bear somehow yeah i don't know just something, something would happen that joke Fairies. didn't go anywhere <laughs> that was terrible but uh i hate the fact that alec baldwin's character he doesn't how he ends in the movie because he he doesn't sort of stay on a trajectory absolutely yeah i kind of wanted to i definitely wanted to get into that because so the epic scene with the bear when they finally kill him which is a really well done scene again um Mm -hmm. You feel like the movie could have ended right there. Like, they could have killed the bear, cooked up some meat, and then the helicopters fly in, and it kind of would have been satisfying. But right when the bear dies, I think there's still about, like, 35 minutes left in the movie, which is, of course, a ton of screen time. And it's taken up when, like, Alec Baldwin reveals his true plot the whole time was to really kill Charles. There's been that paranoia this whole time that, you know, he just has been sleeping with my wife and he wants all my money, and then, like... I just really felt like out of nowhere, Alec Baldwin just started pulling bullets in the gun and was like, of course, this was the plan the whole time, Scooby-Doo. What do you think? What, what do you think I was planning? Like, yeah I, just, I, yeah, I I felt like it could have been done in a more cinematic way or like uh, not even like cinematic necessarily, but like more kind of like Anthony Hopkins character didn't really change. Uh, save me. I'm, I'm I think, you know, where I'm going with this, but like. No, I think what they were trying to do, because that's definitely what I thought about as well. Yeah. I think they were trying to run away from Anthony Hopkins' guy being evil. Yeah. And because I think it definitely would have been a way more dramatic and way more entertaining ending to have sort of Anthony Hopkins' character at the end of the day do essentially what Alec Baldwin had planned for him. Yeah. And Alec Baldwin not see it coming. That was probably also a bit more predictable, so that's why I think they were trying to avoid that type of suspense happen. I feel that. So at that point in the movie, um, you, you, you've come to terms that Anthony Hopkins' guy isn't a bad guy. Mm-hmm. He's just really smart and kind of closed off. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, having him just outsmart Baldwin sort of... Uh, intentionally would be a bit anticlimactic because you could see it coming because this this movie came after um silence of the lambs so that that kind of reaction is sort of expected from him how do you feel about them giving um alec baldwin's character the opportunity to redeem himself you know like um anthony hopkins points the gun at him like he's gonna shoot him even though of course he's not and they could have even had you know a spike get him through the neck or something but instead they had to go through the leg so they could kind of give him uh, like an extra 10 minutes of screen time so they could have that cute little crying moment at the end where Alec Baldwin says he's really sorry that he's been sleeping with his wife. I think that was that was probably the, a good way to go. I just wish it wasn't as... I wish Alec Baldwin's character wasn't as obvious about it 
Yeah. With the gun, you know? Yeah. That, that seemed Exactly. Yeah, too. no, that's a really good point, dude. It's the fact that it was literally just him pointing a gun and yelling. Like, after everything that happened, every opportunity he had, he could have stabbed Anthony Hopkins in the leg when the bear was attacking with the spears, and then the bear just would have eaten Anthony Hopkins and he could have run away, you know? It was, it felt very, like, kind of, um, not Wiley Coyote, but you, you know what I mean? Like, very, like, oh, he's just pointing a gun at him. No, exactly, and they didn't. I don't think they did a good enough job to demonstrate how much Alec or how much Baldwin needed Hopkins's character. Yeah, yeah. Because they, because that would have been a, a much more you know a much more interesting dynamic to add. Whereas they just kind of said it. Yeah, Baldwin's character just said, "We need you." Yeah, so it, it, it ended up it ended up feeling rushed, definitely. Yeah. And, like, um, you know, they kind of sprinkled it along the way, like how Alec Baldwin leaves. Um, I keep forgetting what his character's name was. Well, what was what was his assistant's name? Steven. Steven. Um, Steven. He, 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 like, left, he left Steven in the, in the car to drown. He just swam away and didn't worry about Anthony Hopkins and the flares or any of that stuff. Anthony Hopkins, like, saved him. And, like, you know, he made the joke about, well, if I killed you there, then I would have had to kill Steven, too. And it was... He, he knows how I like my coffee. Yeah, yeah we were... <laughs> While you and I were watching the movie this week, we were kind of joking about how Alec Baldwin always plays this character type, and I think we just did a really good job explaining why he plays it in this movie, but because he plays it, like, while it was well done, I also felt like it wasn't as organic as I wanted it to be, so, like, it's this crazy movie, really interesting, the characters grab you in, but, like, at the same time, it definitely kind of had a little bit of, like, a cheesy factor, I felt, because of the way Alec Baldwin was acting and the way that it ends up in the end and, like, the close-up on Anthony Hopkins' face at the end when he just says, they saved my life, or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that is just very apparent with... You've got a very... You've got a pretty clear change in Anthony Hopkins' character once he decides to kill the bear. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. He's he's stone cold and he's set on that mission. Mm -hmm. Whereas Baldwin's character is kind of this up and down, like, oh, he was going to kill Charles, but he saved his life, and then they save each other's life, and then it's like, why, why? Yeah. You know, why? I feel like... I feel like sleeping with his wife wouldn't do... Wouldn't trump that, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you know, we we talk about how movies handle time a lot on this show, and I don't want to get too deep into it on this movie because I don't think it really matters in the grand scheme of things. But the fact that we didn't have a clear amount of time of how long they were actually in the woods, I felt like I, the change in Alec Baldwin didn't feel as kind of cohesive because I couldn't say, wow, they've been in the woods for two months. He spent two straight months with this dude, and he's still doing this. Instead, it was like, what have they been out there for like a week? Maybe if they've been out there for like for like two weeks, which is still a long time, but not as long as like I don't know two months. Like it goes between like snowing and like cold and all this stuff. And after they get the bear, dude, they went Red Dead Redemption mode, bro. They got the guns, oh, yeah. bear skin, all that stuff. So you know the point I'm trying to make. We're like, like you know, it's I'm not trying to like complain about it. It's a really subtle thing, but I felt like that was another factor into why it kind of didn't feel as satisfying having that happen at the end. Exactly, because uh, you got to go back to the beards. That's the best indication we have for how long they they're out yeah. there. But I I had the same feeling because I remember it switching to the next scene where they had like longer beards, and I was just like, they got beards now. Yeah, like and, and like, where Jeremiah Johnson, you can feel that things are taking a long time. Yeah, he's been up there for so long. Yeah, 
Where in this one, it's just sort of like, time. Time has happened. Yeah. It's like, it, it, do, it, it doesn't really... It doesn't... They don't do enough showing. And one of the big... um. One of the big problems they have is food. That's something that's really emphasized is when they like catch the squirrel and then when they finally get the bear they can finally eat. So that was another thing I just kind of had to question like what are they actually eating? Like what would they show us these hunting scenes in a little bit and you know, I'm really not trying to like nitpick. I feel like we're getting a little nitpicky, but like these are factors as to why it wasn't like, wow, Nash, that was the greatest movie of all time. Instead, it was just another cool movie that like I would watch with my friends if they'd never seen it before, you know. Yeah, it definitely. It's a. I think that's the best way to put the film because if you do nitpick it, you're gonna find you're gonna be able to find a lot of things. But it's still a good movie to watch. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't want to give the vibes that it's like a bad movie in any way. I just felt like they were just riding on the edge of being a crazy ass story with crazy twists and turns, and it just kind of ended up all being about Bart the Bear attacking and Alec Baldwin being a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, do you think that encapsulates the episode pretty well, my friend? I think that does. Um, did we talk enough about survival movies, or did you have anything you wanted to bring up about that? No, I think I think, um, I think think we're good on survival movies for a minute, but, you know, I, the movie we picked to watch ne- next week might be considered another survival movie, so I really hope that our dedicated listeners like these types of movies, because apparently we're addicted oh to God. them. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah we are. I mean, they make they, you got a lot of drama going on. Yeah, That's what's a lot of drama stuff. Right? It's hard to survive. It's hard to survive. <laughs> <laughs> Examine the human condition. Okay. Oh my god. So, what genre of movie is this? I would say survival drama. Drama yep, survival. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like um. Not like a disaster movie, but like, you know, those, you know, kind of like a, like a twister or like a movie where like a volcano erupts or something. It was kind of like, um, like a real life situation type movie, you know, the genre I'm trying to define. Yeah. Yeah. It's not lost in a bunch of fake stuff, which is kind of interesting because the book that they talk about, what was it? Into the... Is it Into the... Into the Wild, I believe? It was Into the Woods, wasn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. That isn't an actual book, but this movie was released in 1997, and a year before that, a book was released, uh, Into the Wild. And that is a real book, uh, following a guy, Christopher McCandless, who was essentially ended up dying in Alaska, um, Mm -hmm. trying to survive on his own. And so I think that's what they were referencing to because he does talk a little bit in the book about strategies for survival and stuff i mean he ends up not being successful but i think that's what that reference was towards it may have been upon its release it may have been sort of running off of that hype train yeah sort of like oh survival is in the is in the cool now you know people want to see that all right i feel so. that i feel that i've i've i can't comment on that because i'd never heard of that before but that, that would make sense i guess yeah Read a book. So uh, you you would you would recommend this to your friends? Yep. Yeah, this will be a fun would, movie to watch too. if Flirt World is like all chilling, like wanting to watch something on TV. I'd be like, yeah, you guys ever seen this movie? I I also would say I think this is a good family movie, not like a kid friendly movie. No, but it's um, a it's it's a fair game if you know you got so you got some young adults in your house and you want to watch an old movie. 
Yeah, I... <laughs> Jesus Christ, what was that? I don't know, dude. <laughs> I'm a little loopy, I guess. But I don't it, know. it really is, honestly, the, the rating for this movie, it probably isn't for the violence. It's probably for the language when they're killing the bear. Um, is it a cult classic? No. No. <laughs> Although I will say I'm, this was a movie I'd literally never heard of before. Like I literally never heard it referenced, yeah. nothing like that. So that's kind of why it is. I think it's a good midnight showing movie for us to do because it was a pretty good movie that both of us had never heard of before that I felt like we should have, you know? Yeah, we both ended up liking the movie. You know, it's nothing to write home about, but it is a, it's a very good movie. It's yeah. a good movie to watch, and it doesn't have a crazy cult following. Big facts, big facts, yeah. <laughs> which which I'm, I'm glad we managed to find another one recently that wasn't a cult following movie. Yeah. All right. <laughs> is this a cinephile's must watch? I mean, I guess. I don't know. Aren't cinephiles supposed to watch everything? <laughs> sort of they're supposed to, it's like more of how pretentious the movie is oh uh, then know? no i wouldn't say it's like a pretentious movie but i think it's yeah. a movie that if you, if you like movies i think you would find it interesting just because of the way that the plot kind of unfolds in the ways we talked about throughout the episode you know yeah i would really only watch this movie if if you want to s- compare sort of like using real animals versus like cgi yeah okay yeah, that's, yeah, that's sort of if you're going for that kind of appeal, I would look at this movie because Bart the Bear is a huge part of this movie. Yeah, and we, yeah, we like we make jokes about it, but like I really do love this bear, bro. Like I really love yeah. this bear. <laughs> oh, dude, did, did we mention that he, we we probably did because I can't even remember a half hour ago, but he was in the movie with the thing dog and everything. Yeah, Bart the Bear's a G, dude. We're gonna do all of his movies. Yeah, we've we've done I think the majority of Bart the Bear's uh, career resi- career. Yeah. In this. <laughs> yeah, homie was in Twelve Monkeys. Got to respect it. <laughs> he was man. All right, he he's just makes movies good. Yeah, straight up. So please be sure to like and subscribe, George. Oh wait. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Schwartz is, Schwartz is going to be angry with you, bro. We, we, I know. Uh, I'm sorry. I was quick on it. Shout out to <laughs> Schwartz every episode. Got to shout him out. And then this week, he actually is playing us out. And when he described this beat to me, he said he put a metal band into a blender and then disintegrated it and then peed on it. And then this was the beat that came out. So hopefully that appeals to you. Stick around to see if you like it. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, so please be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. Follow us on Instagram to stay in the loop for upcoming episodes and help us determine the movies we watch and future content we can bring to you. Be sure to check us out at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. And remember, your donations keep my blue light on. See you next week as we yell about the original Mad Max starring Mel Gibson from 1979. I've actually never seen that one, dude. I've seen Road Warrior and Fury Road, but I've never seen that and I've never seen Thunderdome. So maybe we'll have to do something about that. Man, it, it really is an interesting movie compared to all the others. Yeah, I'm excited. And you know, Nash, never feel sorry for a man who owns a plane. <sighs> Just feel sorry for the guy that hosts this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all next week. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>